and welcome to the Misfits podcast with your favorites. <laughs> I don't know why I sound like that, but you gotta deal with it. So, welcome me, to the Misfits. Welcome, everybody. I'm kind of rusty, but whatever. I'm here. Jess is here, and Sarah's here. What up, y'all? Hey. We are <laughs> We're gonna say it, chant it. Hey, we're here and we're <laughs> queer. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. How Welcome is back. you? How is you? How, How is you? us? It's just us. You, it's me, it's us. It's you, it's me. It's- Yo, relax. Okay, you guys want to talk about Bly Banner for a quick second? Speaking no. of queer. Oh, okay, spoil alert. You gotta spoil okay. alert this thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just split it out, but I've I've not stopped talk thinking about it. Like oh, it let made me pet me, you on the back. It you made me this. fall in love with love. It really did. It like I don't, it was so pure. I can't. I, I'm gonna it cry. Really, I oh think my about it every day. Oh my gosh, which part? Okay, spoiler we already did spoiler alert, right? So which part everything i knew it i freaking knew it when when they first introduced the gardener or uh-huh. jamie, jamie um into the scene and it's just like the <laughs> eyes the chasing with the eyes and i'm like i call i was like oh they're gonna be together for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh then, you mean like that one the episode like where they first met oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah. my god it's so freaking good oh, anyway man. what's your guys i'll go i'll what about you, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Amy, what's the question? What's your like? What's your thing? What's your thing with Bly Manor? Like, how do you feel about it? You like it? What are your thoughts? I mean, I just wanted a good horror series, uh-huh. but that wasn't a horror series. Yes, it that was. was. That was a <laughs> l- that was freaking romance. No, that I was not ready for. No, the biggest horror story is losing the one you love. Period! Don't (laughs) tell me. That's the worst thing. I mean, but we 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 saw Insidious the other day. That was really scary. And it's not even about love. (laughs) It's just about ghosts. It's just about ghosts and haunting. I mean, no, I mean I I like series too. I like the story. God. Jess is like cringing and hurting. Okay, is this because you're comparing it to the first season? Yes. Okay, okay. that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> what notes uh, yeah, are you I comparing mean, from the first season? Uh, the first season is, I don't know, it's more... Um, Scary. I don't know, it's spookier, I guess. And um, the, the, the stories for each character were developed better. I would uh-huh. say. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Because the central of the season two is the gays, and I'm all about that too. They but freaking I- queer baited the <laughs> shit yeah, know, out right? of that show, man. But yeah. I- <laughs> let it out, best. Let it out. <laughs> let it out. I mean, just let it out, best. Let it out. Here's the thing. It was all different love stories. Between three couples, three or four couples. Right, right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was all about. Actually, it was about the old school couple. The. Oh my. Whoa, whoa. I don't like that in my ears. That scared the crap out of me. Anyway, <laughs> especially when we're, when we're talking about uh, haunting of whatever. Oh, yeah, true, true. So there's like, 
there's Hannah, there's Owen, there's Jamie, there's Danny, and then oh, um, and then <sighs> the the hot dude and the hot girl. Yeah, Peter, Peter and the girl. Rebecca. Oh, Bex. Rebecca, Rebecca, yeah. and then the old school couple, Viola, and all of them. All of them were love stories. Right, right. I, I got goosebumps, man. I got goosebumps. <laughs> anyway, I that. I don't know. It was such a pure love story at the end. It really was. It was. Yeah, it was. Between yeah. Danny and Jamie. Yeah, so freaking beautiful. Yes, so good. Viola had her own love story, and that was with herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. She's so so annoying, but she's like bro. Theo. Oh, Theo! I know. I was waiting for Theo's appearance, and then when she came out, I was like <laughs> this, this like villain, but like anti-villain, but like main character. I loved it. Yeah, but but like my first impression like you know when the credits started rolling at the end of season two i was like what the frick they queer baited me they queer baited <laughs> me so hard and they queer baited me with the hot mom from season one who i was oh, so in love with yeah mm-hmm. and i was already broken over her from season one like being like it was such a sad ending yeah. and then it's still a sad yeah. ending for this actress oh. i don't remember her name but uh, victoria but Victoria Pedretti, I think. No, that Victoria Pedretti's Danny. Oh wait, um, are you, you're talking about Theo, right? No, I'm no, talking about no, the mom. No, no, no. I'm talking about oh, Jamie. Oh yeah, I don't know older her Jamie. name too. I forgot her name. Frick, but she's hot. so my first impression, <laughs> my first impression at the end of it was like, what the frick? No, I prefer season one. But I feel like I'm gonna wa- rewatch season two because I right. did watch season one a couple times for me to soak in the characters, mm-hmm. and. Anyways, I do like Best and I were we were talking about this like what last week. I do agree it's very different the other two that mm-hmm. it's 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 we can compare it in terms of like the franchise itself, but in terms of like the story, it's there was the, different yeah, yeah, yeah. it was different yeah. focuses for each yeah. one of the seasons. So yeah. uh, and then I just started watching this one YouTube video today with all the Easter eggs in season 2, so I oh, do want to rewatch it again. The one that you sent us? Yeah, with like the ghosts in the background, it's so creepy. Dude, I've been trying to look for all of them. It's crazy. That's crazy. There's a lot. You got to turn your brightness on high for your TV or whatever you're watching on. That's so scary, dude. But so that's, good. That's I plan to watch it again, especially Victoria Pedretti. She's just so cute, and Jamie. Like, oh, Hannah told me. Uh, what's her name? I don't know her name. Jamie's name. Jamie's real name? Amelia. Yeah. Amelia. 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 She's from Vancouver. No, dude. Oh, she... Her freaking makeup artist is not. You said her. she's from Vancouver. No, read my text. I was like, who's who's the girl on the right? Because you sent me a photo of her and her makeup oh, artist. Oh, and then you said she's from Vancouver, referring to the makeup artist. Yeah, I was freaking the out. Artist is hot, so. Yeah, they were both hot, but huh. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> All right. Oh god. Fawning over. Sorry to break your heart, bro. Fawning over. Hope you all listened and um, enjoyed that. <laughs> Sweating a little bit. Yeah. I'm still thinking about it. I think about it. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I think about it every night. I watch fan fiction at least every other day. About the couple? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I should do that. That would it's be so, so good on YouTube. <laughs> Queers react. <laughs> Oh my gosh, true. That's funny. We should have did a blind react. Oh god, that would have been late good. Now. We it's too late. Known. We're in too deep. Yep. All right, let's move forward. Eh? <laughs> She's Canadian now, y'all. Oh yeah. I moved, guys. I moved. I'm in Vancouver. But 
Anyway, <laughs> how's everyone's week, though? I don't know. How about you guys? I asked you first. Don't ask you for I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna fight you. you, man. I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna fight you. poo your hair, dude. I'm gonna poo in your hair. I'm gonna poo in your flap. Poo? I said pool. Oh, I thought you said poo. I was like, poo in my hair. I was like, poo in my hair? Okay, I'll poo in your lap. Sorry, y'all. This is your favorite misfit host. My week, it was okay. I mean, it just started. Like, it just started, but. Um, I feel like I'm in a much better place mentally, although there is quite, here's the thing, I'm becoming a lot more vocal when it comes to my overall holistic identity, mm-hmm. and for some people, they don't like that, which I'm fine with, like, no one needs to, not everyone needs to like me, that's totally fine, but mm-hmm. for the haters that are listening to this podcast, can you just give it a uh, like and subscribe, and then just just be sure to keep up with it, so that way eventually we can monetize, so thank you for your support backhanded support whatever it might be but that that's that so it's like there's this weird like pushback when i start to like healthily address my boundaries and then people Mm -hmm. don't want to respect those boundaries which is interesting Mm -hmm. and then like the younger sarah is like be a good christian you should just submit you should just be a pacifist you should just (laughs) not raise your voice or whatever Um. and then then the holy spirit's just like really and i'm like you right Okay, you're right. You and so I'm just like, I'm just like fighting with myself in my head, but it's been like a good place of of disruption, I would say. So mm-hmm. that's been my week. And then, you know, just balancing all my other stuff in life, but just in a better place overall. So state the names, Thankfully. their addresses, and <laughs> oh my God. their handles. Please. <laughs> okay, it's okay. It's, uh, the Instagram is a at. Um... <gasps> no, <it's- laughs> Just was like, <gasps> no, no, no. Dude, really... JK, JK, JK. All right, all right. Throw hands. We'll throw, sh- we'll throw hands and throw shade, but privately. No, I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> Which, that makes us just as bad. <laughs> all right. I don't want, don't want to stoop that low. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway. How about you guys? How about you? Uh? Well, uh? Um, well uh? like I said, hey, best, I got your back, Okay. I'm glad, I'm happy that you are embracing every part of that season, every part of you that's important, and I think that's what y'all should be doing, right? So I'm really proud of you for that. Y'all my rider dies. I mean, as long as I have you guys, I'm good. Good. Yeah, what about you, Chief? My day is decent. Um, aside from, I mean, it was going good until... Um, there's this uh guy that I was chatting uh, online mm-hmm. and then he he was trying to i don't know i mean he was he was, he was trying to make a move right mm. but then I got so annoyed when he said, "Oh uh God made man and woman oh blah, no blah, blah. no and then uh, and then he ends it with do you understand dear and I was Ooh. like and then I, I responded with, you have a very narrow point of view. And then and then the next thing I know, he he called me mentally ill. Oh, hell and no. Then, no way. And I, I don't mm. even know this guy, right? But then I was I got really annoyed. I got triggered. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, uh, did I bruise your ego? Period. I mean, real men don't get offended when women talk back. I mean... Yep. 
I'm not gonna engage in this conversation. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that life. That's what I said, and then I deleted the message. So, ew, go that away. pissed me off. I was like, oh my god. I'm sorry, bro. Hell? That's horrible. But yeah, was no, that like I'm, at the start of your day or like? No, that was in the middle of the day. I was really having a good day, and then I read that message and I was like, frick. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't have time for this. Ignorant little oh my misogynist. Have Period. a life. Period. <laughs> have a life. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Are you mental? Are you? Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Dude, no, it's fine. Oh gosh. Stand up for yourself. Stand yeah. up for women. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Here comes the third motherfucking wave. Don't you? Ooh, I like that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm We're having, feisty tonight, I'm y'all. Coffee. <laughs> We're feisty tonight. There you go. Oh, geez. Well, that's good. We're gonna about to dive into the question. I think that's it we're gonna just go ahead and maybe we're gonna like <laughs> dive into what hannah just experienced in relation to the question who knows so better buckle right. your seat belts y'all um <laughs> zip up your zippers and hold your breath because we're about and to zip up your fly because it's open it's a freaking open or you in- can leave it open we don't oh, like oh my gosh let the air in Honestly, fly yeah. if you're listening to it while you're in the toilet even great awesome anyway <laughs> I'm just gonna say the question. It's a long-winded question. I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna introduce the friend who asked this question because I don't yes. think he minds because he's my friend, our friend, our lovely, handsome friend. Miguel Marmol. Hello. Thank you for asking the third question. It's a long question, so it has its own episode. So in a sense, you are featured here. Thank you for being our guest. There so you go. this is part three of our series of Ask the Misfits. Welcome. After a few minutes, 17 minutes, you're already here. So this is great. So this is his thing. All right, here we go. Regarding the construction and church trauma. Okay. What would you say to the person or rather a large part of modern church leadership that would just say, quote, just forgive, let it go, look to Jesus, Don't focus on what the church should or shouldn't be doing. Spread the gospel. Stay in the slipstream of the miracle. I don't know what slipstream is, but we'll go through it. Same. I have no idea. I actually heard a leader say that last part. And while that would cause a congregation to suddenly go, ah, yes, amen, that sounds great. What? Literally what? Yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah, I think you wrote this weird. I'm just gonna reword it. What about the large number of people that are suffering from church trauma? Does that not sound dismissive? Maybe mm-hmm. some would argue that Paul, Apostle Paul, said, "quote Lead a quiet life." Uh-huh. Are there any biblical passages that would support fighting for those hurt from the church or calling out the faults of the church and the damage it has caused? speaking out on what needs to be changed and also who the bleep is letting some toxic as fuck people have places of leadership this one's personal you can ignore this (laughs) oh okay thank you okay 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 that was a lot it was a lot i'm just trying to break the question down uh 
you have yeah. the questions in front of y'all too. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> hmm. Again, audience, it's regarding deconstruction and church trauma overall. I mean, I think you could split the question up into two parts. Okay. Um, I know the question kind of conjoined the idea of deconstruction and church trauma, but those two things can be separated in the sense that deconstruction can be applied to like theological deconstruction versus mm. deconstructing your own trauma. So those right. two can be seen as separate. But I think just the the thing that I guess I want to attack is is that that part that our friend Miguel mentioned where Paul says lead a quiet life. And I'm pretty sure that was Paul talking about like godly conduct within the Thessalonian church. And then Paul focusing on like sexual purity and brotherly love and basically love as being the underlying virtue to all virtues. So yes, we love our brethren. Let's use a, like a more, open turn we love our siblings whatever our people if you're part of the christian faith tradition but i do agree with another part of his question where it is very dismissive like over overall if you if you are approaching someone and let's say you just have some sort of disagreement with them that in itself is gaslighting <laughs> mm. like if you're not acknowledging another person's emotions which are valid and let's say they've been hurt in some sort of way they are entitled to feel those emotions. But if you are to say, just forget about it, forget about it, then that's gaslighting. And that's not actually acting out of love. That's acting out of dismissiveness in order to maintain and, and, and maintain the status quo and pacify the situation in order to just like move forward and slap a, slap a biblical bandaid on it while we rub salt in the wound because that person is just going to keep doing their thing but not actually being held accountable. What do you think, bro? Like, there's a lot of things that that question can stir up, actually. Yeah, I think, um, hmm, like, what would you say to the person that would just say, just forgive, let it go, look to mm -hmm. Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Um, <coughs> I'd probably, um, tell him or her, if you were in my shoes or someone else's shoes who has been hurt by the church are you willing to just follow god and be dismissed of your feelings so i think i would try to um to get the conversation going mm -hmm. and see but if he says oh yeah i'll just follow jesus i'm all about jesus like, I don't have feelings. Like, feelings are... Hmm. Anyway. Um. Feelings are aside, I'm a child of God, you're a child of God, let's move on. Yeah, huh? Um. but if he if he can, if he says that, then I'd, I, I can't really control what he, what he thinks. I mean, but for me, I'd at least try to open a conversation. I mean, I don't know. I know people in the church, I mean, traditional believers, usually. And leaders. Yeah, and like speaking on that traditional context, it's really hard because like I think in the in the framework of the question, it's from a leadership standpoint. So it's like a yeah. leader telling you to do that. Yeah. 
No, but then Jesus said, um, the greatest leader must serve or something like that. I know I've paraphrased it, but you know what I mean. Like, mm. uh, yeah. So, if you're just telling your people to do stuff and they're not comfortable with it and they talk to you about hashing out feelings and you dismiss them, then I don't think that's a good leader. Yeah, it's just you're abusing your power. And, like, even within the question, there's, like, weird power dynamics at play that are underlying that question. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Bess? Like, we can... This this question's huge. This question is really huge, and I'm kind of just, like, trying to chew on it for a, for a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the first part of the question, or the quote. Um, just forgive. Let it go. Look to Jesus. Don't focus on what the... Sh- the church should be doing or shouldn't be doing spread the gospel same slipstream of a miracle first of all i still hmm. don't know what slipstream i still I don't looked know up, what that means yeah, I, I looked it up the definition it says a current of air or water driven back by a revolving propeller jet engine but i'm trying to find out like how it relates to this but so it's like empty air like stay in the oh the slipstream of the miracle i think i'm i get it like it's the like current? just stay with yeah stay within the current i suppose okay. um you can friend you can tell us if that's incorrect or not but i um, never heard of that phrase in my life so that's <clears throat> that's as correct as it right gets. so i could look at this in different ways just forgive let it go look to jesus don't focus on what the church should be doing and shouldn't be doing which is true you should be um focusing on your relationship personally at the end of the day every day it should always be yours and no one else's mm-hmm. and to look into someone else's relationship it's not that's not yours you know what i mean um but mm-hmm. we are supposed to be held accountable for each other um we're supposed to encourage and ask questions like what happened how can we help you you don't just let it go and forget it and um speaking from a place where I did leave the church. Very few people, you know, continue to, you know, ask about me and everything. But the ones that you would expect, like your leaders, the ones that it just feels like you're only my leader or my pastor if I'm under your, your, you know, your leadership, which is also fair in a sense. They can't take care of everybody. And, it's not their job to take care of us at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. I remember one of my one of my pastors, he he has to be careful about who he mentors and everything and who he, God calls him a mentor and that at the end of the day, he is not responsible of the whole flock in a sense, like individually. Like he doesn't have that much power, which is very fair because he is human. Mm-hmm. But to say a a general statement like let it go spread the gospel you know don't be don't worry about who's doing what but at the same time it just like leaves people again with no accountability for others for those who they've hurt they kind of just like mm-hmm. oh by be bygones be bygones they choose to leave mm-hmm. on to the next you know person who wants to stay you know what i mean it's kind of like what Oh, let me just say, okay, what's his name? <laughs> Brian Houston, Pastor Brian Houston from Hillsong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a perfect, yeah, the tweet. perfect yeah. example of his tweet, which was, um, I would question the validity of someone's right. faith if they choose to leave, something like that. And yeah. I'm just like, 
Excuse me. Disappointing. That was very disappointing. And I'm like, I listen to y'all still. Like, I, I grew up listening to you guys. And how dare you? You are like the most influential of the church, like the evangelicals, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. And to kind of set that standard for all leaders because he's a pastor for leaders and it just sucks dude like i'm not even trying to be special with my words about he that sucks mm-hmm. that it came from him he said a lot of different things that i don't agree with in the first place but this kind of just topped it off for me dude mm-hmm. it's disappointing that's exactly what i believe miguel's trying to say in this question is exactly what brian houston said I think it's interesting, too, that let's say the the quote that Miguel said, where it's like, just forgive, let it go. And and he's saying a lot of different things and a lot of different platitudes and cliches that are always used in the always used in the church and kind of like applied in all contexts when each situation should be treated case by case, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like don't focus on what the church should or shouldn't be doing. Spread the gospel as if the gospel is like yeah, we preach it, but a lot of the time the gospel is read in our actions. Mm -hmm. So that in itself is very toxic in the way that it's dismissive. So what exactly is the gospel that you're preaching with being dismissive and condescending? Well, the gospel that you're preaching and when you say like, oh, their faith probably wasn't real in the first place Mm -hmm. is one of like exclusivity or self-righteousness. That's Mm -hmm. the gospel that I'm hearing from that message or just forgive, let it go. The gospel that I'm hearing from that message is dismissive or look to Jesus. Don't focus on what the church should and shouldn't be doing. The gospel that I'm reading in that message is don't be a critical thinker. Just go with the flow. Don't, don't change the status quo because whatever the wheel is, don't reinvent the wheel. It's already been working, Mm -hmm. but Jesus has always been the one to question ex- pre-existing institutions, whether that's politically or religiously or socially even. Right. So like that in itself, like there's, there's a certain balance when it comes to the Christian faith where it's like um, being loving, but <laughs> I'm like suddenly the the phrase that comes to mind is like oh speak the truth and love, but <laughs> Yo. no what n- what I mean to say is is there are certain situations that call for peacekeeping and there are situations that call for peacemaking, and the latter is a lot more active in principle if that makes sense rather than like intention, like mm. the fir- like the former. I don't know if that makes sense, but no. this. This whole thing is triggering me, <laughs> is what yeah. I'm saying. <clears throat> mm. Okay, so are there any biblical passages oh, yeah. that would support fighting for those hurt from the church or hurt by the church or calling out the faults of the church and the damage it has caused, speaking out on what needs to be changed? Are there any passages that come to mind and again, like, specific references or or general ideologies that you guys remember from biblical passages um one that does come to mind is how we can quote the scripture how teachers are more held accountable correct Mm, yeah i know the passage um i'm trying to find it for you okay 
So that's what comes to mind for me. And to have that power, like you mentioned earlier, behind the pulpit to say these words, like you have the power to say the first word or the last word that anyone would ever hear at in the beginning of their day or the end of their day. You know what I mean? It's like pastors have that authority in that way or just and it, it, this <clears throat> this question is actually very difficult for me i'm like super scatterbrained about it right now to be honest mm-hmm. i think i need more coffee but <laughs> even with with what we're talking about through the podcast like we have that responsibility to teach or to share make awareness with our listeners about the things that are happening and how to meet in the middle because as much as we're human they are too but when does grace need when does giving too much grace needs oh my how do i how do i say how do i get what you mean yeah like how do we how much how much grace can we give until someone really starts hurting somebody hmm. with their words and the, the quote authority they have or giving or like how them. many times do we need to turn the other cheek right kind of idea yeah okay. like hearing stuff like you know as a queer person and once a queer christian or once just a christian turning my cheek and saying you know that's what the bible says i'm just gonna let it go oh hmm. i understand what they're saying about a man and woman i'm gonna let it go so i'm gonna gaslight my own feelings and my own experience experience right. as a queer person because of quote what the bible says and what this person is telling me um what this pastor is teaching me and like i just you know i've gaslighted myself and sure you guys could relate to as a like just a 14 year old like oh i know i have these feelings but because now what i'm being taught and what the bible teaches and how it's being taught to me by these people i'm just gonna deny it turn the ch- my the other cheek but the way they're presenting it to me is so evil in a sense of it's evil because it causes thoughts of suicide it causes like depression it it <clears throat> it causes isolation and you know what i mean and just this whole part of miguel's statement of just forgive let it go it's like it isolates a person so we are held accountable for what we say and people don't see the power they have and they just talk and talk and it's it's so destructive. Mm. Did you find the, the scripture? Yeah, so it's James 1 and it's... I'm trying to find an uh, appropriate translation, but let's just say... Let's just do message because message is fun, but I don't worry for those that are freaking out. I'll do like NSRV afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be any rush to become teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect perfect, perfect person in perfect control of life. And so the reason why I read the message version is because it expounds upon the central idea quite well, where it's like, I think when it's being preached on this specific Bible verse, the focus is wrong 
because we always place the focus on the latter part of the verse where it's like, oh, teachers receive stricter judgment rather than the former part of the verse where it's like, well, who is the great teacher? Who is the greatest teacher? Well, that's mm-hmm. Jesus. And he's like, yeah, he's definitely held to a like a, a different standard. Yes, he was 100% human. But overall, he was 100% human and 100% God. So it was a different standard. The perfect man, the perfect example, right? And so in that sense, all of us are on even keel scale here. So the weird power dynamics that we experience in the church, yes, we do respect our pastors. We respect the leaders and their 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 own sort of like educational background, pastoral background, theological background, whatever it might be. But in terms of, again, the central message of our podcast boils down to, well, what's the human dignity that a person holds? And we're all on the same plate here. Mm-hmm. No one's better than another person. Mm. No, not one person is more certified than another person in the sense that to their own humanity if that makes sense. But that's James 1. I was thinking about the other Bible verse as well. And I don't, again, I don't remember. (laughs) I study the Bible, but I don't remember the passage. But where it's like you speak to the person in private. Yeah. And then then if if there's still some sort of quarrel going on, then you bring two people in Mm -hmm. or something like that. And then it's just between you. And then if that doesn't work, well, then you need the, the sort of pastoral guidance and pastoral not in the sense of like they'll slap your wrist but pastoral in the sense of like a shepherd in the same way that jesus was so someone that would listen um not slam down the gavel on the the judges thing but i remember that and that's that was one of the uh verses that was preached at me when Mm. i was becoming more kind of expressive of myself and when that person that was close to me outed me to the church leaders which is interesting because you skip the entire process itself but that's a different quip that I have with that person um the reason why there's that sort of like step-by-step process there is because that one-on-one basis is the most crucial it's Mm -hmm. the most important because that's when you get to see another person eye to eye that's when you see another person's humanity eye to eye yeah and you realize hey he's like me and hey, I have the capacity to, to hurt if I do end up hurting somewhere. They have the same capacity to hurt me in destructive ways. Whatever the case might be, again, it's the even keel scale. So it's never to see one person much higher or more self-righteous or more aware of the one truth than another person. Because it's like the Holy Spirit speaks. Hmm. And each of us have such different experiences that contextualize the way in which we live out the truth, the way in the life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. In terms of, like, just forgiving and letting it go, that in itself is not healthy in any way. It's very, like, avoidant. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know if that's just because I have a, a certain kink for confrontation. I prefer <laughs> direct I have di- prefer direct <laughs> communication, even Same. if it is difficult. Yeah. But, like, that's... Tell me like it is, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I freaking love you, okay? <laughs> like, it's it's better to speak face-to-face yeah. than to, like, yeah. harbor feelings of bitterness and, and like, or cherry-coating. Oh, cherry-coating, yeah. eh? So sugar-coating, the same thing? 
I spat out my water. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is sugar coating. I oh my gosh, my desk is cold. Like Man, did you mean, meant, meant to say sugar cherry, coating, cherry picking, Cher- cherry picking, nit picking, but sugar. What did I say? Cherry. Oh my gosh, there's water. Okay, I'm just gonna be right back. I need to get a towel. Hold on. Cher- cher- uh, cherry coating. <laughs> I never heard coating. of a thing. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. What do you think? What are your thoughts, Chief? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the passages that would support that. Um... <laughs> My desk is covered <laughs> in water. <laughs> ah! I don't know. All I can think about is um, <laughs> when when one sheep fell out. Jesus, I mean the the shepherd looked for that mm. one and left everybody. So I'm not sure if that applies to to this, but it does absolutely. I mean, because I think the way. Um, I mean, we all grew up in the church, so I mean, for for me, I noticed that when someone asks a question. And or someone was hurt in the church, and then the pastors the pastors would talk to the person, of course, and try to sort it out. But then, if the person chooses to leave, and uh, uh, so I'm trying to um to balance both sides, right? Because mm-hmm. what if Sarah's the pastor, and then she tried to reach out to the person that supposedly hurt? Mm-hmm. when Sarah doesn't owe this person any shit, you yeah. know? Then um, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense? Wait, Wait continue. <laughs> yeah, so, for example, you're the pastor, bro, and then someone says, oh, I'm really offended by your lifestyle. So I'm leaving the church. I'm really hurt by this. Like, I'm... I'm 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 just trying to add more context into this, because uh, I think what Miguel asked is based off traditional leaders and stuff. But what if on the flip side, the I mean queer queer pastor or oh, uh, open ha- open minded pastor who who wants everybody to get along, but then someone tells her, "Oh, I'm offended by your lifestyle." You should ask for forgiveness, then I'll forgive you, and whatever. And then if she didn't, then this person leaves. Oh, I get you. So, more so, I mean, yeah, traditional leaders, yeah, I I know that side. But if the pastor actually is, how do I say this? I mean, I'm, there's a lot of thoughts going in my head right now. I get what you mean. But yeah, I mean... The pastors also can only do so much mm, for okay. the people who left the church. Mm. Um, and I'm not dismissing your feelings, Steve, or um, Miguel's, or whoever left the church. It's more so, um, I don't know, we don't know the story, right? I mean, I'm, I don't know the mm. story of everybody. I know Chief's story. So I am with her on that tangent. But then other people's stories, I don't know. So I cannot really bash 
every pastor. Because what if... I mean, some pastors do it right. That's what I'm saying. And I'm really hopeful for, like, Nadia Balls, I think. Is that her name? Nadia Balls. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's what I think. I know with my, with my our friend Miguel, he, I don't think he left the church. I think this is just his observation. Okay, he, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure um, they say that real quick. But um, you... What you were saying um, remind me of a scripture or a parable, actually, of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, I'm just looking it up if people want to look it up with me. Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, we're not the Good Samaritan and we're just those religious folks that talk so much and just walk past by the person who is in need, who's hurting when you know god calls us to be there to walk up to those who are hurt or who are in need they were so easy to walk past and you know and it also talks about in the gospels right um Mm. how hypocrites go on street go in the streets and say i'm fasting and all these things and like being super righteous when god is calling us to go in the secret and pray and do like things again in secret and humbly before god and god's not saying like hey go to a homeless person and show everybody that you're giving it's more like do it because of me Hmm. do it because i'm i've called you to love because i've loved first and all those things and i i guess this question i would ask if i was if i was jesus i would ask in a parable what say you um when f- one person leaves a church do you walk out or do you walk in two plus two <laughs> Wait, i mean like i would ask i would think that god or jesus would ask me the same question and just be like what say you what if right. someone did at did leave what would you do hmm. would you i will stop <laughs> <laughs> Would you put yourself in that position? Like you were once there. Wouldn't you want someone to mm. reach down and be like, hey, mm. I know how it feels to be isolated. I know how it feels to be um, rejected, but I know a different way. I know the way and it's Jesus. Come follow me. Like, let me show you. That's the, that's what I believe God calls us to do It's to not. Mm turn away and say that oh i would question the validity of your faith (laughs) like no i was like can you tell Mm. me why you're hurting i think that's what Mm. it is like i don't think god would question you at all and like question Mm. your faith if it was right he would ask you what happened who hurt you i'm gonna throw hands (laughs) who hurt you like i really believe Mm. that i truly believe that jesus would sit with me and ask me questions like that samaritan woman come at me bro like y'all trying to act righteous don't play me girl right oh man i just thought about things that's why i just started to act in that way but um i don't know it's hard to ask questions in such a um human lens and what helps Mm. me is think about the most cliche thing to be honest what would jesus do in this situation i know it sounds cliche but it's so true his lens is so much greater and higher than ours and so to see it and to answer it in my perspective or someone else's perspective a person that would hurt me or has hurt me it makes it difficult for me to be gracious towards these people 
mm-hmm. or these experiences. Um, so that's my thing about it. And I'm going to go on mute real quick because the kids are crying. <laughs> I think I definitely agree with Bess because it's like at the end of the day, like we look to Jesus's example. Um, yeah, we can look to the words of Paul because that has been canonized in the Bible. We can look to the Old Testament for certain ways to live life if we so choose not to eat shrimp and mix two pieces of cloth together. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's Jesus. Yeah. And the spiritual discipline, I, I want to say discipline and not even like act, but the spir- spiritual discipline of forgiveness is like one of the hardest things to do. Mm. And it's hard because that's like the central message of the Christian faith is to forgive. Um, however, forgiving and letting go are two different things. I think in order to really reach a point of forgiveness and, and beyond that, because forgiveness can just be one-sided, I can forgive someone and they can withhold their apology that in a sense, perhaps someone would think that they deserve. So forgiveness can be one-sided, but reconciliation is two-sided between one party and another. And for for reconciliation to happen, there has to be an acknowledgement of another person's like humanity. Yeah. And just overall sense of respect for another being, another yeah. human being, another flesh and blood human being standing before you, standing in front of you mm-hmm. that you can just sit down and listen with them. So I agree forgive, but that's like easier said than done and yeah god has definitely like there's another bible verse where it's like i remember your sins no more Hmm. but i'm still in the process of freaking sanctification so i'll get there when i get there (laughs) it's really hard it's really hard but forgiveness is so 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 spiritual it's like it's not even within this realm of existence. It like permeates into like other forms of existence already. And that's what's healing. Um, I think the act of letting go comes after proper reconciliation. I think the act of letting go can be a result out of a, a person's forgiveness, even though the other party that perhaps has hurt them in some sort of way or abused them in some sort of way mistreated them gaslighted them in some sort of way might never say sorry and like to forgive is one of the strongest disciplines a person can do but i think that's that's how you spread the gospel not like preaching or speaking what your intentions may be, because if you, if if it's truly your intention, it would show in your actions. Yep. And if you really cared about another person, you would set time to sit down with them and listen to them, yep. and to speak to them, not to b- belittle them in any way, belittle their attitudes, even if they their opinions do differ from yours. But in the case that you th- think that homophobia is an opinion, that's wrong because you're putting down 
another person's sense of human dignity. I also want to correct sexism is also not an opinion. That's also wrong. I also want to correct that racism is not an opinion. You're also wrong. I also want to correct that misogyny is not an opinion. You're also Mm -hmm. wrong. You do, however, can have an opinion on what your flavor of choice would be when it comes to your favorite roast or your favorite color or what Netflix show you're watching. I will respect that opinion. But any of those other things that I've listed, ableism as well, is not an opinion. You're wrong. (laughs) there's a lot of things transphobia is also not an opinion you're wrong (laughs) there's a lot of different things i could possibly list here but aside from that you are entitled to your opinion honey (laughs) right there's no opinion there dude it's either like yeah you said that's all (laughs) that's it that's it that's all period period to Did we answer the the core of the I don't know, question? man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know where the question is, Miguel. I don't know. It's a it's a it's long question, example. so we gave a long answer. Yeah, super long. Yeah. Um, yep. It's, I think I think we need to talk about deconstruction in another podcast and its whole just the word yeah, itself. Yeah, that's a huge one. In church trauma, like this is an example of what it is, but I think we need hit the core of it one of these episodes core definition yeah core definition i know we did it with pastor bradley but i don't know this is something that needs to be revisited over and over again there's different types of people mm. going through deconstruction and reconstruction yeah and it's um we have our own and we can only say so much in our experience so i think we mm-hmm. will continue revisiting it and dissecting it with you guys mm-hmm um, otherwise, you have any you guys? I have any other input? Because I'm I'm answering this more emotionally than anything, to be honest. I'm, I'm definitely answering this emotionally. So, listeners, I'm sorry if you wanted more of an objective standpoint. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Bible itself is never objective; it's faith based, so you can't really measure it objectively. So that's my take on that. <laughs> right. And um. Yeah. I mean, and I hope the scripture that we we shared too would help a little bit in like support our uh, stances on this because you know i just think about what god would do in this instance for the person who's ostracized period yep i don't know i don't know i want to say something objective um but yeah i mean just a reminder that you can you can only do so much like if you're the person hurt and you want reconciliation but the pastors don't want it then you can't really you have to find reconciliation in a different tangent so yeah and I don't know if that's biblical but what I'm saying is look after yourself too Mm -hmm. if that makes sense (laughs) that's it that's all yeah um i don't know we try to balance everything here emotions brain whatever so um if you guys don't have any last words and i don't have any more to add then i hope you we hope you enjoy this episode and shout out to miguel apologies if i thought that you left the church i'm so sorry but (laughs) love you dude (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. See you next time. Peace. Peace.